Hello everybody, this is Brother Lee Whaley here at the Crusade for Christ Hour podcast. It's so good to have you with me today and such a wonderful day outside. And I want to thank you for joining in. Listen, this song is sung by the Old Path Quartet, a great group of men that have just went all over the country and the world actually with their songs and I praise the Lord for them and folks it's a it's a blessing to hear this. Get on their website and order their music. They should do make some good music. Anyway, it's good to have you here today and I want to thank you for joining in. Amen. Oh what a savior. Anyway, today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about something. Uh, I, man, I was I was getting ready to go to work and um, yesterday, my job, anyway, part-time, anyway. And, and as I was studying and listening to the book of Esther, something really profound came to my heart. And I want to share that with you today. This is an analogy, an analogy of the providence of God and the sovereignty of God. Really, that's what the book of Esther is really all about, is the sovereignty of God and the provisions of God. It's, it's, there's nothing any more plain in the, in the Bible to me, and I've, of course it's all through the Bible, I understand that. But this book really, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you about it for a few minutes, and please stay with me. I think this will be a blessing to you if you'll stay with me and just listen to me and listen this out. It kind of goes in with what's happening right today. I think the book, the Bible, is absolutely 100% applicable for all generations. It may not all be to us, everything, but it's all applicable to us. There's applications all through the Bible. And it may be the Old Testament, Genesis, to all the way through Revelation. But there's parts of it that just really stick out to me sometimes when I'm reading. But I listened and studied through the book of Esther five times. Because something kind of neat was on my heart about this, and I want to share it with you. It won't take too long, I hope, but if it does, you know, we'll just charge you a little extra. Hey, man, anyway, listen. In this book, there is a king, and his name is Hasuerus. Hasuerus. And he, he was over 127 providences uh, there at uh, Shusam, which was over the province of the Persians and Media, Persia and Media, which is modern-day Iran. That's where this is all taking place. Now, he was the king, and he, his providences were there, and like I said, in um, Persia and Media. And um, he was in this palace. Well, one day he decides to have a great feast uh, and to just kind of show off all that he has, which is what kings, I guess, did back then, and his pride was very high. He was very blessed, and, and I want you to remember these names, Hesuerus the king. And there was a man also at the uh, in this story in Esther, and his name was Mordecai, and Mordecai was a Jew. And Mordecai was um, the uncle of Esther, and Esther, you know, is the subject of the book. So I want you to remember that name, Esther, Mordecai, and Hesuerus. And there, there was another guy there in that book, and his name was Haman. And Haman was like the king's main general, if you want to just kind of put it out there. And uh, so this, this story unfolds in the book of Esther, and it's absolutely remarkable how some of the, I, I mean, this is just a what if, a what if. 
But the providence of God and the sovereignty of God is all through this book. This is what this is all about. And it just shows you that God can't be taken by surprise. That God knows everything about everything from everlasting to everlasting. And that's a, that, that to us Christians should be one of the greatest comforting things that we know. That all things, Romans 8, 28, 29, 30, 31. We do know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. Who are they called according to his purpose, and whom he foreknew those he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That the sovereignty of God and, and, the, and the providence of God is now such, uh, is, it, is it today where we can look and say, well, God's just given up. No, he's still in charge. He's still doing what he does. He's still in charge of everything. And nothing takes him by surprise. Now, I'll tell you about the book of Esther, and I want to compare it to today, what's going on in America, in the world, really, the globalist movement and all that, but we won't get into that today. I want to talk specifically about what's going on with this election. And it's kind of neat. It's kind of come to my heart, and I'm going to share this with you. This is a what if, and uh, I want you to see this. Now, we're going to put some names with these people, right? Hesseras, the king, I want you to think about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is our president right now. In this election, we're seeing we're seeing some things happen that we've never seen before with all these mail-in ballots and these countings and these all this stuff that's going on. Y'all know what's going on. Well, Asa Harris was, was, wasn't what we consider to be a Christian man, but he was in the providence of God. God had a plan for him. And also, this man by the name of Haman, we're going to call him Haman the Democratic Party. And then there was Mordecai. And we're going to call Mordecai the Republican Party. Now think about it, I'm just telling you, Hesterius is like Trump. Haman is like the Democrats. Mordecai is like the Republicans. And then there's Esther. And I thought about Esther as being like this new um, Supreme Court Judge, Amy Barrett. So Esther is this Supreme Court Justice, our new uh, Supreme Court Justice, Amy Barrett. And then there was another woman about in this kingdom, and that was Hesterius' wife, Vestai. Now Vestai was the queen at the time this goes on. Now you got you got to remember these these Jews came in out of out of uh, the captivity uh, of Babylon when uh, Nebuchadnezzar brought them in. This is the same group. All right, now watch this plot, this plan, this man named Haman, the Democrat. He was he was highly lifted himself up and um, and thought he was better than everybody, of course, and and uh, and decided that that he was going to be bowed down to because the king did some great things with him, and he did. Hussiaris, you know, lifted him up and all this kind of stuff. So Mordecai, this Jew that set the gates of the king, as as the uh, Haman would walk by, everybody was supposed to stand up and, you know, kind of like an awe and, uh, you know, bow to him and praise him and give him all the glory. But this man, Mordecai, he wouldn't do it. But something, but something else was going on too. The king made this great feast. Now you got to understand things were a whole lot different back there than they are today. So the king tells his queen Vestai, "I want her to come into my chambers, 
Because why all these princes of Medes and the Persians and all these princesses were princes were there, this is going on for 180 days. He wants to bring her out and kind of show her off because she's beautiful and uh, and this is this is the king's wife and he's proud of her and he wants to, everybody to see how wonderful she is. So he sends his chambermen and, and his uh, you know his really his, the people that work for him together. But Vestai says to to the, the to him he says I'm not going. So the word comes back to the king that Vestai says no I'm not coming and this really really hurt the king because I mean at this time folks I know that you know this isn't today but then the king when he said you better come you came well and not only that these prophet these princes from all over the Persian media were there too which like I said this is a modern day rare so the the queen refuses to come uh, to the the banquet and uh, and this makes the king mad but it also does something else. These princes that were there from these other countries are looking at each other and they're saying, man, if if word gets out about this, uh, that the queen disobeys the king, man, <laughs> it could start something around all the providences. I mean, this was a serious thing to them. So they go to the king and they said, you need to replace her. You need to get rid of her and you need to get you another queen. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to make this short because there's a lot more in this, but we're just going to get kind of to the point. So the king, in his fury, takes takes the Vestais, which is his queen, her rights away. I'm just going to put it that way. And he's going to find himself another queen. Well, now, if you remember Mordecai and Esther, Esther being raised by Mordecai, so all the virgins of the kingdoms were to come together and, and get stand before the king. Now this was this took about a year, uh, a process of about a year to get these women ready to get them smelling good, to make them look good, and to present them before the king. So the king, the time comes now, and we're going to jump through there, and the, and Esther has, is standing before the king. Well, the Bible says that he had a delight in her above all the women. Now, I want you to realize this wasn't just a few women. These were hundreds and maybe even thousands of women coming before the king, the providence of God and the sovereignty of God. Mordecai, the Jew, Haman, his advisor and his, his leader, and uh, Vesti, which refused to come. All this stuff is going on. Well, Mordecai has made Haman so mad and all this is going on that Haman decides that he's going to go to the king because he hates Mordecai. That's what you got to understand. Now, Esther has come up and she's been taken in and she's going to be the queen uh, there in, uh, in his providence and in the palace of Shushan there and the Medes and the Persians and all that stuff. All right, now, so while this is going on, there's two men outside talking. Their name was, I mean, these are hard names to say, but Abigail and Hamadadite, which was a, these two men, were, were talking about killing the king. They got mad. And they were mad at the king, so they were going to, they worked his doors. They, that's what he, they, the Bible says. They, they were, you know, they worked at the king's doors and, and, uh, and, and were in the king's palace. Well, they were going to kill the king, and Mordecai got word of it. 
and he heard that and he goes and he tells he gets word to Esther and Esther tells the king about these two men that are going to have him killed or going to kill him and he has them and he has them hung and they write this down in the book of the chronicles of the kings I know this is a lot but if you'll keep up with me I promise you I think it'll be a blessing to you so, so these two men were hanged on a, on a gallows they were they were killed well and that was written down in the book of the chronicles well, as time goes on now, Mordecai is still sitting at the king's gate, and uh, these two uh, chambermen, which I said I was wrong, it's Big Big Than and Teresh. Okay, so anyway, they they was at the door. They were going to kill the king, and so they they decided they're going to have the king killed, and we know about that. But anyway, so they write this down in the book of the Chronicles, and to skip ahead a little bit now. Haman is so mad at the Jews, and he tells his wife, and his wife says, well, I'll tell you what, just, why don't you just have him killed? So Haman plots this, he plots against the Jews, all the Jews. So he goes to the king, and he asks for a decree. He said, these people are not living right, they're not, they're not obeying you, they're basically bad mouth, some kind of, like the Democrats do the Republicans, and, and everybody else, you know, like me, I'm a, I'm a Republican, I'm not ashamed of it. And, you know, and they call me a deplorable, and they call me, you know, low life and uneducated, biased, all the things they name us. That's what kind of thing was going on here. So we got the king now gives a decree to, to Haman. He says, yeah, 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 go, just go, go ahead, do it. Kill all, kill all the Jews, kill these people. Well, Mordecai gets word of that. He sends word that, I'm making this short because I know my time running out. But Mordecai sends word to Esther. Remember who Esther is? Esther now is standing before the king or standing before there standing there in the castle and she sends back to Mordecai well I haven't even seen the king in 30 days I you know he you got to be called you can't just walk into the king's pre presence but if you did walk into the king's presence he would either have you killed or he had a scepter he would stick out and you could walk up and touch the end of the scepter and come into his presence that's how it worked well Mordecai tells Esther, he, he says to Esther, he says, well, these, these, they're going to kill all your people. I know you're safe in the castle, but you've got to do something about this. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, everybody knows the famous words of Esther. The, what he says, for you were made for such a time as this. This is why you are in the castle, Esther. This is why God has providentially put you where you're at so that you can go to the king and tell him about what Mordecai is getting ready to do to these Jews. He has no, he really don't understand it. You need to do it. And Esther says, um, and she says, well, I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. I just, just walk in there. And then she says this, and if I perish, I perish. In other words, it was at the, this point of her life, she knew no greater love is any man or any woman than this, that they would lay down their life for their friends or for, for their people, see. And so she does. Now I'm getting around to what I want to talk to you about. And, of course, we know the end of the story that Esther goes to the king. The king sits the scepter out. She tells him everything that, that's planned by, Morde or by uh, Haman. And Haman uh, is now kind of tricked by Esther and she tells the king she goes into the king said what do you want and she says I want to have this banquet and I want you and Haman to be there 
Haman's the Democrat. Hussiaris uh, is king. Mordecai is Republicans. Esther, she's the Supreme Court Justice. Watch. And she goes in, and uh, the king says, what do you want? She says, I want to have a banquet. And, and says, I just want you and Haman there. And so Haman, it goes to his head. And, uh, and he goes home and tells his wife uh, all these things that, that, that he's going to get to go to the, in this banquet and him and the king's the only ones invited. But now in the meantime, there's something else too. If you remember about Mordecai, well, one night the king can't sleep. His sleep is taken from him. And the Bible says that he got the book of the Chronicles and he started reading it. And he read in the place where Mordecai the Jew had warned his servants about what they were going to do to the king. And of course, they were killed by it. And he asked the question, well, what was given to this man, Mordecai? They said nothing. So he calls Haman in and starts telling Haman, Haman, what would you do to a man? And he explains that he's, you know, went to the king and saved the king's life and that he's that he's high and he's lifted up and Haman says to him, Well, I would put him on a I would put him on the king's horse. I would put him in the best clothes, robes and, and crowns, and uh, walk him through the through the city and tell everybody this man is great, this man is wonderful, this man is beautiful. Cause see, the king thought he was talking about him. Haman thought he was talking about him. And then the Bible says that, that the king says, well, go do this to Mordecai the Jew. So you can just imagine the wrath and the, and, the, and the hatred that Haman's got. But I want to show you something. The devil has always set traps. Always. And here's the final trap. That he's going to have these Jews killed. And Esther goes in and the king, find, of course, she finds favor of the king. And she tells him exactly what's going on. And then they go to this banquet. And she tells the king at this second banquet, this is what's going on. And the king says, well, who is this man that's going to kill all these Jews? And Esther looks right over at Haman. And I bet you his gut just drops down. And Esther says, he's the man. Haman, that wicked Haman right there. And it made the king so mad, he walks out into the garden. And the Bible says that while he walks out there, Haman's begging Esther for mercy. And evidently, he goes into her bedroom, and the king comes in and sees him sit laying on the bed. Y'all read it. It's in there. And he says, he says, is she, is she going to try to get the queen too? And as he was begging Esther for mercy, the Bible says that they put a cloth over his head, in other words, probably a bag or something like that, and drug him out and hanged him on his own gallows. The devil has set a trap for Trump. you got to see this. And the devil has set a trap for Trump to these Democrats, and they've, they've got this thing all figured out. There's all these ballots coming in, all these things coming in. The Democrats are sending them in. We all know what's going on. The Republican, which is Mordecai, is told... Queen Esther, which is the judge, I'm just thinking, this is all what if, but look, what if, and, and Vesti, oh yeah, I was going to tell you about this, and I don't mean any disrespect, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, right before all this all started happening, right, she died, we of course know her being on the Supreme Court, we know it because she was a, uh, you know, she was an activist, and we know exactly what she would have said. But now there's this, this woman in there, Amy Barrett. And she's like the Esther of our day for such a time as this. If all of this goes to the Supreme Court, 
Folks, if you don't get anything else, get this. If all this goes to the Supreme Court and it goes to her and she's in a position now to save America from socialism, to save America from all this left ideology, to save America from world globalism. That's what this is all about. Don't think for one second it's not. That's what this is all about. The one world government, the one world, all that. It's, that's what this is about. The, the Muslim brotherhoods. I don't want to get into all that, but that's what this is all about. But here is this Supreme Court justice, brand new on the court. And it comes down to the vote. And it's for, for, for the recounts and all the things that need to fix it. And four against it, but there's one that's going to say, no, we got we to gotta do it right. Could it possibly be that God has put her in for such a time as this? Woo! Hallelujah! The providence of God and the sovereignty of God. Listen, isn't it wonderful? I mean, I just think about this. This could be exactly why, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to Miss Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but this could be exactly why what happened has happened. I know it's kind of morbid, and that's just the way it is. But this could be the time that this Amy Barrett was like this Esther, that she's put in there for such a time as this. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Listen, let's pray for our country. Love you all. I know this was long, but there's no way I can make it any shorter. Love you. See you later. Bye. Have a great day. Don't forget, www.crusadingforchrist.com and Crusading for Christ, our podcast. And thank you until the next time. See you later.